everyone, it's Thursday, January 7th, 2021, and you're listening to an episode of the Charge or Die podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Isaac, and while we're normally here to talk about the future of automobiles when it comes to electrification and so on and so forth, uh, we also have to talk about regular cars too, and today's episode is going to focus on one very, very large normal gasoline vehicle, uh, and that is the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee L that was announced earlier today. So uh, after the bump, we'll kind of get into the details about the truck, uh, how it's being built, where it's being built, some of the goals that Jeep has as a company, and uh, yeah, we'll kind of break it all down. So we'll see you in just a moment. So I'm perhaps one of the weirdest news days in the United States that I've lived through. Uh, it suddenly leaked out that, oh, by the way, hey, we're announcing a Jeep Grand Cherokee tomorrow. Um, yeah, what a weird 24 hours, I guess, it's been in that regard. Uh, I would not have wanted to be FCA's media people having to kind of continue on after the invasion of... Uh, the congressional building in Washington, D.C. yesterday, but uh, here we are. We're talking about a new Jeep product, and it is a weird one to kind of talk about in, in several different ways. Uh, first things first, it's the Grand Cherokee L. Uh, the Grand Cherokee L is the new long wheelbase version of the Grand Cherokee. Uh, Jeep decided to announce it first because it's the version that they think most people are going to be interested in because... It's the version of the Grand Cherokee that I think people have been begging for for the better part of 20 years. Uh, I, I really, I remember reading a number of complaints over a long, long period of time that the Grand Cherokee hasn't been ever offered with a third row seat. And uh, this is basically, you know, feeding into what people want. Now, the big question is whether or not that third row is actually going to be all that usable. Um, this does get a several inch increase over what the standard Grand Cherokee will be, um, but I don't think you're going to be able to fit full-size adults back in that third row. Um, I think it's really meant more for small children and maybe quick jaunts uh, down the lakeside road uh, to go get groceries with your children or get ice cream or whatever. Um, but, you know, hey, Jeep's listening to their buyers, and that is ultimately what's important because a lot of this Jeep uh, is based around feedback that they've been getting for the past Whew, almost a decade on the WK2 platformed Grand Cherokee. Um, yeah, this is the first new Grand Cherokee we've had in a long time. Uh, this is riding on an all-new platform that's eventually, I believe, going to be shared with the Durango, um, but it is not derived from the Ram 1500-based Grand Wagoneer that will sit above this eventually uh, in the Jeep lineup. So this new platform, it's a little bit wider, it's a little bit longer. If you get the L version, a little bit longer than that. Um, specifically, Jeep, Fiat really didn't get into what the details of all of the specifications are, other than saying it's about, I think, like 58 millimeters wider. Eh, it's a number, I suppose. Um, but, you know, in your mind's eye... If you imagine what a Jeep Grand Cherokee looks like, you can pretty much picture what this is. It, it's a it's a pretty mild evolution of the current styling of the outgoing WK2 Grand Cherokee. Um, personally, I find the current Grand Cherokee uh, very attractive. Uh, I think it was very attractive as well when it first debuted in 2011. Um, these are good-looking trucks. 
for lack of a better term. I guess they're trucks in the sense that they have a two-speed transfer case, uh, even though they are a unibody structure that continues as, excuse me, that continues as well with this particular model. Um, depending on the trim variant, whatever you get of this Jeep, um, you can select from the Quadra or Quadra Track, Quadra something, Quadra Track One, Quadra Track Two, and then Quadra Drive Two, which basically means real-time all-wheel drive, uh, real-time all-wheel drive with a two-speed transfer case or a full lockable four-wheel drive system with a limited slip differential on the back axle. Uh, more than likely, there will be some kind of next step beyond those two uh, when it comes to an eventual Trailhawk model, which I'm sure will happen. Um, but that Trailhawk model probably won't come to the L version that's being shown off now. Um, that'll probably be reserved for the regular Grand Cherokee, which we're supposed to see in a future time. Uh, basically, this thing uh, is carrying over a lot of the current powertrain stuff. Um, there is one future powertrain that we do also know about as well. Um, so you're getting a standard 3.6 liter Pentastar V6 that makes 257 horsepower or an optional Hemi V8, uh, 5.7 liter Hemi V8 that makes 357 horsepower. Um, the V6 can tow 6,200 pounds. The V8 can tow 7,200 pounds. Uh, nice that they make those numbers match like that. Uh, both are mated to an 8-speed automatic. Uh, there is no e-torque system available for either powertrain. Uh, however, Jeep is, will later offer a 4xe version of the regular Grand Cherokee, not the L. Um, that'll have the, what is it, 17-ish kilowatt hour battery in the back um, that has an electric motor mounted on the transmission. And concert, the two work together. I think in the Wrangler, it gets, what, 30 miles of electric range? In the Grand Cherokee, it's tough to say where it's going to be because it's anybody's guess at this point. It's a much larger and much heavier vehicle. Um, but uh, I think future Jeeps are pretty likely to have this 4xE system on a pretty regular basis. And I think, at least me personally, that's the one I'm most excited about. Um, but with where I stand today, if it was going to be my actual money, um, I'd probably just get the V6. That's just me. And I think that's where kind of a lot of the a lot of the contention has been in the disc discourse around the Jeep Grand Cherokee L today uh, is, you know, whether or not these powertrains carrying over is a good thing. On the one hand, you know, the Pentastar V6 is still very good. Same thing with the Hemi V8. They are very reliable. They're mated to a very good transmission. And in pretty much every vehicle that they've been in over the past decade or so, um, they've been reviewed quite well. I, I, I can't think of any complaints about the Pentastar V6 from my own experience uh, driving a 2012 Jeep Grand Cherokee for a day or two. The only thing I had is that it doesn't have a lot of torque uh, from a standstill, and it doesn't really have a lot of torque or power to get it going uh, at, like, you know, on the highway. If you're at 70, you need to quickly go to 80. It's got to rev quite a bit, and really, that's the only complaint about that powertrain. The Hemi's really good. The only problem with the Hemi is, one, it's more expensive, and two, it guzzles gas a little bit faster, and, you know, that's not exactly optimal either in the future that we're heading towards with, you know, greater climate issues and gas inevitably going to be getting more expensive uh, as time moves on. So, you know, there's that aspect of things. I think the only other interesting mechanical bit on this uh, Grand Cherokee to kind of touch on before we talk about the rest of the car is uh, they're going to have a new 
air suspension available on this Jeep um, that's going to be able to raise and lower it to do different things. Um, I think in its highest setting, they're saying it's going to be able to go through two feet of standing water, which is pretty good. Um, it's going to give it, uh, I think, like a 30-degree approach angle, which is also pretty good. Um, and then it will be able to like lower itself down when you're on the highway for the best fuel economy possible, which is eh, pretty good. More or less, you can kind of tell with these base powertrain specs with the air suspension um the jeeps kind of got land rover in their sights a little bit um not to say that they would ever necessarily feel threatened i think by land rover just because of the vast price difference between the two but more in that you know may as well block when you can block uh so moving into the interior design of the jeep uh i think that's where it really starts to shine that they are moving to block against Land Rover as fast as possible. Uh, and they are really kind of stepping up as a brand on the whole. Um, we saw the Grand Wagoneer concept obviously demonstrate a very high-end, luxurious future for the Jeep brand um, that is honestly, I think, well-deserved and well-earned and well-placed uh, with where things are going. The Grand Cherokee L is a little bit of a step down from there, um, but still very nice depending on the trim that you get. Um, I forget what their new top trim is. I hate the way the Jeep has changed all of their trim levels like every year for the past five years. So it used to be Overland was the top, which is now one step below the top. And I think it's Signature is the top trim. Again, confusing. Way too many trim options. I, 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 it's a mess. I don't really like the way that they do it. Anyway, this top dog, you're going to be able to get like real natural wood elements with aluminum, um, quilted leather seating that's heated and cooled, um, just really fancy, you know, places that you touch. It's going to feel really nice and look really nice. Um, it's going to have, you know, this new 10 inch digital gauge cluster in the upper end models, as well as a very large 10 plus inch uh, infotainment screen in the center. Um, a lot of the things that you use most often will still have physical control, physical controls, which I think everyone applauds Jeep for doing. Um, the new Uconnect 5 system is going to be debuting in the Jeep Grand Cherokee and Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Um, the Pacifica is the first one to get that uh, for 2021. It's an Android-based system. Works pretty well. Uh, Uconnect has historically been one of the better infotainment systems uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, I see no reason why that would not be the case with this new one, especially in the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, yeah, it, it really looks the part. Uh, they're adding some uh, over-the-air update capabilities, which seems to be par for the course these days. Nothing to get too excited about there. Um, they will be offering some new driver assistance tech that is interesting. I think the one that uh, caught me by, I don't want to say surprise, but at least some interest there is the, uh, what is it? It's the uh, cross, it's like a four-way stop, like, impact detection thing so if you're going across the street and it detects that another car is going and you don't intervene by either accelerating or braking it will automatically brake which seems kind of weird that it would stop you in the center of the thing but i don't know basically it's monitoring your left side and right side when you're at a four-way stop to make sure you don't mess up um there's also going to be a new hands-free cruise control system uh basically think gm super cruise uh that'll be coming uh for 20 
late in 2021 for 2022 models. Um, and it will be, I think, delivered as an over-the-air update, um, if I was reading the press release correct. A lot of these things, I think, need a lot more testing before they can actually go out, unlike some other American brands might do. <coughs> Tesla. But uh, it... You know, I, I trust Fiat Chrysler, Stellantis, whatever you want to call them these days to get it right. Um, this, I'm sure, has been in development for a long time. And, you know, here's the thing. GM's Super Cruise system is really, really good. I have not tried it myself. I've heard only good things. Ford's new system that's very similar sounds like it's working pretty well, too. So I see no reason why Jeep wouldn't hit it out of the park with this one. Um, what is going to be interesting to see with the Grand Cherokee L and the Grand Cherokee is where content and parts go down in quality for lower trim models. Um, all of the press release photos today, all of the video, all of the whatever, a lot of the talk has been about these upper end Overland Plus models and, you know, really when you get down to the heart of where most Jeeps are bought, especially the Grand Cherokee, uh, it tends to be V6 Laredos and V6 Latitude models. Uh, those are the two trims that I think I'm most interested in finding out more about. Um, you know, what infotainment system is going to come standard. It sounds like it will be like an 8.4 inch system, which is basically the old high-end version, which I think is fine, uh, especially if it's got that Uconnect 5. I think that'll be more than applicable to most folks. Um, I'm going to be interested to see where the materials change on the dashboard, how the seats get changed out, uh, where the content goes away on the exterior of the vehicle. Um, Jeep's making a big deal about how upper-end models are going to have 21-inch wheels and tires, which will go completely against off-roading in every sense of the measure, which, again, points to where Jeep is trying to go with this. Um, you know, are the base base low trim Laredo is going to get 17s, 18s with good off-road rubber as an option. Time will tell. You know, we still got a little ways out until we see what the regular Jeep Grand Cherokee is going to be like. And I think hopefully then they're going to show us what the what the base and mid trim models will end up being. Because, um, you know, here's the thing. I really like the Grand Cherokee. I, I really like the WK2 model. Uh, I've kept an eye on WK2 used vehicle prices because... I think they're really good. Like, like it's a good chassis. Uh, the Pentastar V6 is really good. The, the automatics that are in them are really good. Um, I think they look really nice. They ride really nice. They drive really nice. Um, assuming you get one that hasn't been beat to shit and has been properly maintained, I think you could get a pretty good, pretty reliable long-term thing. Now, we're not talking Toyota Land Cruiser, you know, half a million miles before it dies. Good quality. Um... But I think, you know, a Jeep, I see a lot of Jeep Grand Cherokees around here in West Michigan with 210, 250, 200, and, you know, whatever thousand miles. And these are WK2 chassis cars. So these are 10-year-old Jeeps that are doing that kind of mileage. And that is impressive, and it's really awesome. And I, I think a lot of that is going to filter over uh, to this new generation and these new models. Uh, because Jeep, you know, they, they know which side of their bread is buttered and right now it's basically all sides as well as the crust and on every corner possible uh the wrangler is a hit uh this new grand cherokee i'm sure will be a hit they're, they're going to be updating the lower end crossovers very soon um they got a lot of work cut out for them and 
as I guess we kind of wind down this episode, I just want to kind of talk about Jeep on the whole. You know, I give Fiat Chrysler a lot of grief, and I've given them a lot of grief over the near enough, what, they've been in charge six years, we'll call it, uh, in the United States of the Jeep brand. And, you know, they really have turned a lot of things around, coming off the Daimler Chrysler era, then Cerberus, and then the government ownership of uh, Chrysler. You know, Fiat has turned Jeep uh, into a money printing machine, and uh, each of their models have gotten successively better, and even when they may not have fully hit the mark, uh, the the second wave refresh has often fixed a lot of the critical issues. Uh, I'm thinking of the smaller regular Cherokee, um, that one being based on a car architecture. You know, it had weird looks front and back. It had a bad transmission. Um, trim packaging was weird. All that stuff. You know, Jeep really went through it with a fine-tooth comb for the 2019 model year. They fixed the transmission. Uh, they added the two-liter turbo, which I think made it a much better everyday use vehicle for a lot of folks. Uh, they fixed the front and rear fascias. I mean, the it, it's a much better car, and it's a much better everyday Jeep. And I think this new Grand Cherokee really points to that everyday Jeep type thing. You know, there's still going to be versions of the Grand Cherokee that you can go off-roading in that are going to be trail-rated, that can do things that most other crossovers in its segment can't do. Thinking of you, Toyota Highlander, uh, you know, thinking of you, uh, Ford Explorer, this Jeep is really going to kind of hit the nail where it can be both things. It can be a crossover competitor and it can be, uh, you know, a full out SUV competitor. And, you know, if you want one that's near enough, uh, a Land Rover, uh, maybe not a Defender, I guess it'd be a, what, a Discovery competitor, you got it. If you want one that competes with, you know, the Chevy uh, I always want to call it an Uplander, the, uh, the Traverse, you know, down the street, you know, you can get a Traverse priced one as well. And that's really the magic of Jeep is that you can make it yours in any way, shape or form. And, you know, for me, it's a Laredo with an upgraded interior. I think it's, what do they call it? The Laredo L. So it's the Laredo with the leatherette interior, uh, with the good off-road with the two-speed transfer case, uh, uh, the off-road tires, and it's got to come in green with a tan interior. That's my Jeep. That's my Jeep forever and always. So I'm excited about it. I'm really excited to see the smaller Grand Cherokee with the 4xe system. Um, I'd be curious to hear how you think of it. Uh, if you're listening on Anchor, you can always leave feedback uh, in the audio stream. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N, that's pronounced Iceman, uh, where I talk about cars most of the day, assuming that <laughs> I can break away from work for a minute to uh, send out some tweets about something. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, we will see you very soon on the next episode of the Charge or Die podcast. Uh, we kind of filter these out uh, as news hits. I do want to try to figure out what a regular posting date is, and right now... We're just going to pick a day of the week, and we're going to say Tuesday is going to probably be the regular show, and then the rest of the week we'll maybe do some smaller episodes uh, as new stories come. So anyway, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your week, a safe weekend, and we will see you on Tuesday for the next episode of the Charger Die podcast. See you then.